GAA Sports Desk. Brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. Welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. On this bitterly cold evening, I'd like to begin by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home safely. In studio this evening, we have myself, Peter Brannigan and Suzanne Parker. And over the next hour or so, we have a packed show coming up. The Dublin Senior Camogie team started their Littlewoods Ireland National League campaign over the weekend. They took on beaten All-Ireland finalist Kilkenny. Uh, they were beaten down uh, in that game in the southeast, And we'll be hearing from Brendan Cooper, who's looking back at that match with Suzanne. Now, this weekend, we have the start of the Little Ladies Football National League. Uh, Dublin, of course, taking on Donegal at Crow Park as part of the doubleheader with the men's team, who are playing Galway. And we're going to be hearing from Sinead Goldrick, and we're going to be hearing from We Are Dublin's Nigel McCarthy. Before that, we're looking back on a defeat for the men's team against Monaghan uh, over the weekend in Clonus. We're going to be getting the views of Brian Talty on that game. And we're also going to be looking back on a successful start to the Dublin Hurlers League campaign. They defeated Carlo in Parnell Park by six points on Saturday evening. And we'll be hearing from manager Matty Kenny. And we'll be hearing from Herald journalist Ronan McLaughlin. Now, do remember you can contact us here in studio. The text line 087 977 You can go onto our Facebook page, GA Sports desk on Dublin City FM or you can email us gasportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie but indeed we're going to begin last weekend in Clonus the Dublin footballers were beaten by a goal by Monaghan 2-13 to 1-13 and I caught up with Brian Talty to get his view of that game first and foremost though we looked ahead to this week's match with Galway for Galway coming into a game like this one on Saturday evening they'll obviously if they're talking to anybody in the press say that it doesn't matter and it's early in the year and all of the rest of it but two defeats to Dublin last year in Crow Park important defeats knocked them out of the championship and the league final defeat so even if it's a slightly weaker Dublin team than we might see in the summer you know this would be a nice marker for Galway a nice pep in their step if they could get a victory over the uh, defending league and All-Ireland champions Yeah absolutely you know but um, the only thing about them Peter they're not uh, they're not near the standard they were at this time last year I think I think last year, and Kevin Walsh has said it himself, you know, that they were in way better condition and they've given the lads a, a longer rest this year and that, you know, and uh, their performance the, the last few Sundays haven't been great, you know, against Roscommon, against Cavan. Um, I suppose they were, they, they were lucky enough to come out of the Cavan one. Now, having said that, they did set up a lot of uh, goal-scoring chances that didn't take them. Now, if you got those against Dublin, you'd want to be taking them, you know, and they're coming up against the Dublin team who... You know, we're beaten the last day and, and uh, don't like being beaten. So coming into Crow Park in, in that scenario, it's going to be very difficult for Galway. Yeah, indeed. I, I suppose we saw with them last year, you know, they, they kind of built momentum through the league. They were unbeaten in the regular part of the season. Uh, they beat Cavan, which I suppose they would have been expected to do. But it, it's certainly a chance you'd prefer to be playing Dublin in the second game rather than the second last game, I suppose. Well, you have to play them whenever it is, Peter. You know, and Galway, Galway would have been looking at this game and, and uh, you know, would have been trying to build up towards it. But I suppose they would feel that they haven't got an awful lot of work done. But when you look at Dublin, I mean, Dublin are only back from cruising there for the last, the last, the last while, and um, you know, I think the second half again, or the second part of the second half against. Uh, um, <clears throat> against uh, the last against Monaghan, sorry, yeah, uh, they just seem to 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 flag a little bit, you know. But 
having said that, Monaghan played really well on the day and, and I suppose got the rub of the green as well with a few of the sending offs that kind of changed the game, you know. But um, coming up against Dublin in Crow Park is, is difficult for everybody, to be honest with you. But I suppose you're right. Better get it early in the year than, than, than later on. Yeah, and I suppose we'd be talked there. You mentioned the Dublin game and, and they started the game brightly. I suppose that might have been the fear amongst Dublin fans that it could have been a sluggish start, but it was nearly the exact opposite. But as you say, maybe the, the holidaying had caught up with them with, the, the, with 60 minutes on the clock. Well, possibly, you know what I mean, and I suppose uh, Dublin were missing a few of the the big stars, as really, really as well, you know. And it was up to uh, the other fellas to to kind of make an impact in the game, and they did it early on in the game, you know. It had a great start, especially with the the goal from Niall Scully, and got a few nice points as well. And and but then I think the two sending offs or the two black cards, you know where you had fellas off for 10 minutes, it did go against Dublin and it kind of killed their momentum a little bit. But I suppose the big thing really from from a Monaghan point of view was, you know, bringing uh, McManus and, and O'Hanlon on and they definitely caused problems for Dublin. And the style of football that Monaghan played then with McCarron going to centre forward and putting in nice ball, uh, you know, Monaghan had played these new rules, particularly with the offensive mark. And Dublin just got caught on, uh, got caught on it because I don't think any of those lads had actually played in... Uh, O'Byrne Cup and, and uh, just caught, got caught a little bit but you can be dead sure that there'll be a lot of work done in that in the next few weeks You mentioned the name Stephen O'Hanlon and I suppose it's it's nearly unfair to be talking about him so much because you know it's it's a, a first game where he's made a really big impact um, but a huge impact it was and he took his goal superbly Yeah absolutely you know I think they've been looking at this guy for a while you know and I think he's an international basketball player and you know you could see his field and skills and you could see the way he played on very quickly he, he, he Things very quickly as well, but you know they've been they've been looking to get him into the the senior squad for for a while now. But I suppose um, they'd be happy to have him in there now, you know. But you can make a huge impact like that when nobody knows you. You know, when somebody knows you, that they might go an awful lot tighter on you. But certainly looks a great prospect and could be a fella to take a lot of the pressure off uh, McManus up there. Just very finally, before we we dump Dublin and Galway, do you fancy Galway because of the the time of the year they're at to, to maybe nick it on Saturday evening? No, I don't, to be honest with you, Peter. <laughs> uh, I expect a, a big response from Dublin after losing the game. And, you know, I think they'll have that week to actually work on a few things as well. And, you know, just sharpen up a little bit. And it would be interesting again to see, you know, who, who Jim puts out. But, uh, you know, it, 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 look, for Dublin, like, they want to find a few fellas in this league. And I suppose, uh, I thought Ryan Ryan Bascal had a big impact when he came on the last day, kicked two great points, you know, and he's a very good player, you know, so... Uh, you, you know, I don't fancy Galway to be honest. Fancy Dublin, I always fancy Dublin and Crow Park to be honest with you. Uh, in terms of, I suppose next weekend, uh, I promised to put that game to, to to one side. If there was ever an advertisement in terms of last week's games for for not playing football uh, in January, it might have been that game down in Castle Bar between Mayo and Roscommon. And now, uh, a criticism of the players, of course, the conditions were just absolutely brutal, very very windy, very very wet, uh, to the point where the cameraman had to move to a different area of the stand at half time. That's how bad conditions were. But a victory for Mayo and uh, for Roscommon, they now host. Monaghan this weekend Yeah and you know it's a difficult run for for Ross you know they did well to, to, to go out and win the competition in Connacht early on you know and beat Galway in, um, in it as well and look to be going quite well you know but I still think they, they probably depend on the likes of the, the Donny Smith and, the, and Enda Smith you know a lot in the forward line and, and uh, they need to get a few more that can, can get scores you know I mean Donny Smith contributed a lot in, in, in that early early uh, competition as well and did so the last day so um, I think it'll be difficult for them especially but sometimes Monaghan 
put on a huge performance like they did against Dublin the last day and played great football I have to say it was it was a game where you know I saw a lot of kicking of the ball and it was good to see and uh, a lot of good scores taken as well but but um, sometimes then they, they, they don't play that well against the lesser lights you know so that might give uh, Roscommon a little bit of hope but if they play like they played against Dublin and, and uh, like they have McManus and O'Hanlon they only played for a few minutes in the game you know and caused a huge had a huge impact so You'd be fancying, um, you'd be fancying Monaghan in a big way, but they have to bring that performance again, and sometimes they don't. What about uh, Kerry? Peter Keane's reign getting underway with uh, an impressive victory, beating Tyrone uh, with a relatively young team, and they have to go up to uh, to Ulster to take on Cavan. Of course, they went there last year and were uh, nearly beaten by Monaghan, ended up getting the draw with that late Clifford goal. But uh, a difficult place to go to to go up and play in Cavan. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose Cavan were rattled a little bit by losing that game the last day. I think they they actually thought they could take those two points, especially with Mickey Graham in there. Usually, you know, when you have a, a new manager in, he has a huge impact early on, and and uh, you know, I'd say they were hopeful enough. You know, I've seen them in training there in the, the last few weeks as well, and they've been putting in a big effort. But you know, it's it's it's. It, I can't see them winning the game like the way they played against Galway. I haven't said that. Look, Galway only beat them by two points, but. When you look at the game, Peter, Galway set up a lot of chances. I think Galway could have got three or four goals, like they just skimmed them over the bar, you know. So uh, that doesn't look good, but but Cavan uh, could be in trouble. And I suppose we've seen Mickey Graham and Mullinocta, you know, he's not afraid to set up defensively. It took Tyrone, what was it, over 30 minutes to get a score uh, over the weekend. Could this be a sort of a 3-2 victory for Kerry or something? Um, no, I think... I think Curry, Curry have got the they, they have the attacking players, and now they've put well from the last day. You can see they put something in defensively that you know they were fairly tight, and and you know the work we probably thought Donny Buckley would be doing a lot of the work. I I, I read today that Donny has been away, and uh, Tommy Griffin, who's a very good coach as well, has done a lot of, a lot of work defensively, and you know that's what Curry need to do. They have the the attacking uh, potential, but they need to get a defensive uh, set up and. Seemingly they got that the last day. You know, a great win for them to beat Tyrone because, you know, Tyrone have been in the All Ireland final and, and Mickey Hart would be trying to win every game that he goes out in. So it was a good victory for Kerry and uh, it'll be interesting. I think we're all interested to see how they how they progress as the year goes on. So I'd imagine you know they'd be they'd be good enough to win that game. And then finally, in terms of Division One, Tyrone and Mayo. Mayo got the victory last weekend. Obviously, we've just talked about Tyrone losing down in Killarney. Uh, it's up in Oma, so you'd fancy Tyrone perhaps. Um, it's a hard one, you know, with Tyrone. Like, I mean, you'd have thought the last day that they probably would have won that game, you know, but never easy to go to the kingdom and try and get two points. But, but um, you know, they, they they had won the McKenna Cup as well and had played reasonably well and had found a few forwards. And, you know, Mickey Hart had worked hard with the forward line. But, um, yeah, Mayo, you never know what Mayo, you know what I mean? Like, they can come up with big performances. And I think the thing with uh, James... Uh, James um, Horan at the moment is that he's tried to find a few forwards. He found young Brian Rape the last day scored a scored a great goal, you know. So um, I think he'd be happy if he finds a few players in the in the league. But that could be the best game in Division One next uh, the next day because uh, they're two two teams that are evenly enough uh, matched, you know. And they are playing a lot of their big guns as well at the minute. Just before I let you go, Brian, just a couple of interesting ones in, in Division 2 involving Leinster teams. Uh, on Sunday, Kildare going to Cork, and I suppose they were held by Armagh and Newbridge. They wouldn't have thought that was going to happen. Um, but it puts them under just a little bit of pressure if they're thinking about promotion this year to, to get a result this weekend. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I thought Kildare and Newbridge would, would have taken that game, but then Kieran McGinney was going back there, I suppose, maybe the first time since he's left Kildare. And, you know, he's doing an awful lot of work with, with, uh, with our man. They look good enough in the McKenna Cup, and, you know, we're unlucky enough to lose the final there against, against Tyrone. So there's a lot of work being done, and I think, you know, the fact that he has Jamie Clark up there again, um, uh, you know, what a forward to have there, and there's a few other guys around them as well. So it'll be a difficult enough game, you know, but, but uh, Kildare... You know, you're always waiting, Peter, for Kildare to come out and put on huge performances, and sometimes to do it if they could get some kind of consistency across the board. Because, you know, Keane O'Neill is doing massive work down there, and and uh, there's a lot of talent. When you look at their under 21 or their under 20s, I suppose, played massive football to win in All Ireland last year. So there has to be talent there, and 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 a good man at the helm as well. So you know, it it you'd nearly expect Kildare to win it, but I also expected them to win the last day as well. Very finally, um, Andy McEntee talked before the league started that you know promotion was his big target. They obviously started with a victory last weekend. They have to go up to Donegal. That's, I mean, it nearly looks like a, a decider for who might finish first in in Division Two. Although I'm sure there's a couple of other counties that have a say in that as well. But uh, it's a, a an interesting game to look forward to. Yeah, but you look at Division Two when you have Kildare and Cork in it as well, and you know, um, me they're putting a lot of work into trying to get back up there again and and. Uh, Promotion would be a big thing for any of the teams in Division Two. You know, that's a, it's a huge one. Like you say to yourself, how many of them have really a chance of winning in All Ireland? But if anybody has, it's Donegal. You know, because they have a lot of experience, they have a lot of good young footballers coming through as well. And and that be a, you'd imagine that'd be another good game as well, and maybe one of the top games in Division Two. But um, that, it's a tough one to ask now to beat Tyro or to beat Donegal up there. And my thanks as ever to Brian for joining me on the show. Now, it was a better weekend for the Dublin Senior Hurlers. They defeated Carlo out in Parnell Park in Division 1B of the National League. Uh, they won by 3.15 to 18 points. And after the game, I heard from manager Matty Kenny. Yeah, look, it was, it was a difficult night for uh, for Hurling. And look, it's, uh, I suppose everyone is aware now like, you know, that uh, a lot of the guys out there to the third, third game in uh, six days. And, uh, you know, I, I, I felt, I suppose, in the first half, we were a little bit standoffish and... Uh, it allowed Carlo to take the initiative, but uh, in fairness to the uh, to the guys, um, they, they stepped it up in the second half and they put in a, a very strong second half. And uh, uh, I think the uh, the substitutes coming off the bench uh, um, made a big impact too. Uh, it's good to see Danny Danny back in there, and Donald Burke came in. I think Donald shot four points, like, which which is one four, one four, yes, which is a, a, a huge contribution for, for 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 him in the second half. I I, I think like you know while. The guys were, were hurling okay, like you know, the, just the intensity was maybe just a couple of percent off, and if you're a couple of percent off at this level, um, you know, it, it allows the the opposition get a bit of momentum, and uh, you know, our, our lads started well in the first quarter, but you know, you know, they just the intensity level dropped slightly in the second quarter, and that allowed uh, Carlo get a foothold in the game. Yeah, Matty, you asked for a response at half time, so it must be satisfying from a management point of view to get that performance after the break. Yeah, the second half was a, was a very good performance by the boys, especially playing into the wind. You know, so uh, yeah, look, we're, we're we're happy about that. But look, it's it's into January. It's uh, our first league match, and uh, I suppose what you want to do is, is is we're always looking for you know certain performances from our from our guys. But nice like tonight, it's important to just get the win and get two pints on the table. I was going to say, like for the rest of the year, you're not going to learn too much in the last week of, of January. Particularly with the conditions like that, is it just about getting games into the lads' legs and, and, and getting them playing together? Yeah, it's both. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, make sure the guys are showing a good attitude and, and uh, to be competitive and uh, you know show hunger for the battle. And uh, and 
you know, when they need to step up in the second half, you know, I was, I was, I was delighted to see they responded very well. And you're going to Tullamore uh, next weekend, but uh, another, another test. Yeah, any time you go down to, to play Offaly in Tullamore, it's always difficult. You know, Offaly is a very proud Hurland county, and uh, you know when, when they're when they're there in front of their home crowd, you know, matter who goes there, you're going to get a really good test. So that's that's something now we have got to um, recover tonight from and uh, and and get ready and uh, hopefully uh, bring a good performance in Tullamore. How hard have the last whatever ten days been trying to juggle the commitments of your players with training and everything else? Yeah, but look at I suppose you know we, we took the view you know that um, uh, training or putting in extra training sessions wasn't going to be the answer. So uh, we, uh, we we spent I suppose since the Dublin game or since the Galway game, just just trying to give the guys some time off, give them some time with their with, with the colleges and uh, and then when they come back just to, to rest and rehab them and get them ready for for the next game and uh, then eventually for tonight's game. So. Um, it's a little bit disruptive, but I suppose you know a lot of counties is, is in the same position. It's something we just got to manage around. Some of them are, but 24 is a very high number. Just going through it the other day, like there's no, it's it's actually there's no county in Ireland with as many players. It's getting good action as Yeah, sure. Look at maybe maybe yeah. Look, it's 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 a it's a huge number, and there's a lot of the guys in college and. Between DCU, uh, UCD, DIT, Maynooth and Trinity, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of them in, in, in college and a lot of them playing Fitzgibbon. But look at, um, hopefully uh, later on the year they have an advantage as well. It might be a, a slight disadvantage at the moment. For those, like, like Donald Burke and Watford Bench score, like it wasn't them that were sort of flagging there, or it wasn't those that didn't start in any way. Like they, they looked like physically they weren't a million miles off of them. No, no, they're fine. It's just, it's just that we just got to rest them and uh, like. We we had we picked Donald to start, but we said you know you know he, um, he was out DCU third night, so we just, we just said we'd rest him. But uh, as I say, he made a big contribution to him there in the second half. At Danny's first three or four touches were all really really good as well. What, what, what was the problem the last little while? He was just niggles and yeah, Danny you know he um, he, he was good to go. Um, uh, it's November December, but he's a slight issue with his knee, so he he, he got a little smaller. Uh, Small little uh, operation just to get it cleaned out. Nothing too major, so just just took him out for about six weeks over over the uh, over the Christmas period and into early January. But uh, it's good to have him back in the pitch and uh, it's good to see him playing so well there tonight. And as Connor mentions, a lot of different players being used, uh, being used with third level competitions on. So do you see a lot of changes between now and then, or or is it at that time of the year for experimentation? It is, yeah. Uh, we brought on uh, our full complement of uh, subs again today. Uh, in all the Watch Cup games, we used to bring on 11, 11 players. Uh, and we brought on five today, and uh, we'll, it'll be the same. Uh, uh, the next day, we'll, we'll we'll make a number of changes to our starting lineup, and uh, and uh, uh, give a few, a few more guys game time. And uh, we need to get matches into as many guys as we can this time of year. And Matty talked there about Dublin against Offaly. That game takes place this weekend, uh, Sunday, in Tullamore, and it's throwing in at two o'clock. The other voice you were hearing there was Conor McKeown of the Herald. Now, to get a view of the game, earlier on this evening, I spoke with Conor's colleague in the Herald, Ronan McLaughlin. We saw last year that uh, early games against teams that Dublin are kind of, I suppose, expected to beat can can sometimes uh, give the team problems. Obviously, new management this year, and Matty Kenny's team didn't make the same mistake as Gilroy's did this time last year. No, um, you know, I suppose... The Offaly game uh, in Crow Park there 12 months ago was, was, a, was an awful shocker. Now, as it turns out, um, while they didn't have a great league last year, uh, it was obviously setting the scene for laying down the foundations for, for a stronger summer. And, and obviously, Dublin would have been happy with the progress they made last year under Pat Gilroy. Um, 
coming into it new new year, new management now this year. Uh, I assume, I mean, a, a home game against Carlo, Matt Kenny would have been looking to start off on a promising note. And I suppose while he got the result that he was looking for, it was very difficult to really assess the team given the conditions on the night were fairly foul. But um, it was a far from complete or perfect performance from Dunham. But at the end of the day, they, they got the job, job done and they got the two points. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose they started very brightly, got a, got the goal early on. And then maybe for 20, 25 minutes, Carlo were really the, the better team. Without a question, they're the better team. I mean, as, as, you, as you alluded to, Daryl Connell got an excellent goal there to put Dublin. I think they were four points up after four minutes. And you would have thought that was the foundation for Dublin to, to drive on. Uh, they were playing well at that stage. But they just seemed to switch off to a degree. Their touch wasn't as, as assured as Carlos was in the conditions. Uh, I don't know why that would be the case. I mean, we, we can talk about the Fitzgibbon Cup and, and what sort of effect it can have on Dublin's players. And certainly a few of them looked slightly fatigued after their exertions midweek for their colleges. But um, Carlo were the better team. Um, Dublin stayed in it with, with a couple of frees from uh, from John Hedgerton for half-time. And I think Dublin going in two minutes, uh, sorry, two points down uh, at half-time, they were probably forced to do so. And then in the second half, things changed. It's kind of similar to the first half, a really bright start um, and Dublin kind of put the afterburners on thereafter. They did, and uh, I mean, one thing that was evident from um, from Saturday night's performances was that uh, there seems to be a conscious decision to to look for goal opportunities. That once the ball is, once possession is is secured around the halfway line and and beyond, they look for overlaps and they look to to drive straight down the middle. And they did that on a number of occasions, whether through Fionn McGib or Ray McBride, um, and. They are able to to open up the Carlo defence on a fair few occasions. Now they managed to get two second half goals. They possibly could have had another two. And, and to be fair, the the third goal was was a foul by Dylan on the ball. They were fortunate that it wasn't seen because it gave them the breathing space that they needed. But it's interesting to see that there they seem to there seems to be a bit of a focus on on getting goals because they're probably not the most natural team in terms of scoring points. And for later on in the year in the championship, it may just be that it's goals that they require to, to keep themselves in contention. So that's, I suppose, possibly one change because Dullen in the past have possibly struggled to get goals uh, when they've needed them in big matches. And one man who got a goal and very much impressed, even though he's only on the park for, for 35 minutes or so, was uh, Donald Burke, 1-4 in the second half. Oh, he, was, he was fantastic. He, he has... Um, the points that he scored, they were, it wasn't just that he scored a goal in fourth and play. It was, um, I mean, there was, a, there were beautiful points in the sense of the aesthetic beauty that they had over the shoulder. Um, he didn't hit one wide, as far as I'm concerned, and, and his finish for the third goal was was unstoppable. It was right across the keeper into the bottom corner. Donald has bags of talent. Um, I mean, he was a three-year minor, so his 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 talent has long been recognised. I think he found it difficult at times. I think he possibly pushed into senior action maybe a bit sooner than, than was possibly required, but that, that were the circumstances that he found himself in. You wouldn't say that, you know, he can drive on. Certainly he has the ability and the talent to drive on, but you don't expect that, uh, too much from him. You don't want to put an awful lot of pressure on him either. He, he has the ability. It'll just be interesting to see. There are options for Dublin, and there's certainly plenty of forwards to come back. I mean, you expect Paul Ryan, uh, Colonel Keeney, um, David Tracy, the likes of them, who have plenty of experience to come back. And then, of course, Danny Sutcliffe came on the last day and made a positive contribution. So there are options there for Dublin, and it'd be interesting to see sort of how they how they tug out now on uh, Sunday afternoon with the, with the game down until tomorrow. 
Yeah, indeed. I was gonna I was gonna mention Danny. Obviously, it seems he, he got a bit of surgery just before Christmas. Uh, also, Dara O'Connell. I was trying to figure out when he last started for Dublin. I, I reckoned maybe the relegation game against Clare a couple of years ago, but I'm hoping to correction on that. But it, it was good to see those two players in particular, O'Connell and uh, Danny Sutcliffe, getting some game time. Absolutely. I mean, o- O'Connell's talents are well known. Um, he's, he's he's as well established with Dublin before he took the break from uh, from intercounty action. Um, obviously, Matt Kenny will know him particularly well. It could be that. Um, he might move from between midfield and the half-back line, depending on where the need is, is seen. Similarly, Jake Malone's another one that um, might split in between midfield and, and, and half-forward. So there are options there for Dublin. Um, you'll have to say that. Sutcliffe is just, uh, he's somebody, uh, he's a player I've admired for a long, long time. I've watched him for Clashdown back in the day, and um, he's just a serious talent. He's, our, <laughs> he's an all-star, and there's, there's few, there, Dublin all-stars are few and far between, so He's a player that uh, makes Dublin stronger. Uh, he looked in good nick, I thought, the other night. Certainly his touch was very, very good. And obviously if Dublin are to enjoy any kind of a positive year this year, you would imagine he'll have a huge role to play. And I suppose they head up to Offaly on Sunday. You know, what happened to Offaly last weekend, you wouldn't like to see any of the top counties getting beaten by that amount because I suppose there are really only so few elite counties in Hurling. Um, but it's a game you'd expect Dublin to win before they, they face games against some of the bigger teams in Waterford and Galway. You would expect Dublin to win. I mean... There's always funny results in the National League and you wouldn't take anything for granted and Dublin are far from the complete package at this moment so there's always a degree of you know, uncertainty about how the games are going to go. You probably have quite bleak uh, weather conditions as well which will add to that uncertainty but given um, Offaly managed only seven scores against Waterford the last day and that's a very poor return and, and they look on a bit of a dip. There was a, a degree of positivity about them last year but um, I would certainly... Based on current form, you'd, you'd look at Carlo and have Carlo ahead of Offaly in the packing order and probably ahead of Leash as well, or certainly on a par with them. And that's unfortunate and, and to see Offaly in that particular position. I mean, they're such a small county and in terms of numbers, they, they were have been punching above their weight for a long, long time. Maybe that's just caught hold now at this stage. I mean, Kevin Martin came in and did a, an excellent job in terms of, of getting that passion back into it. But it's just very, very hard to keep it going. Um, Dublin have found that themselves in terms of remaining competitive as best they possibly can and you know they have a very good manager in charge at this minute um, there, are pos- there are positives there about where Dublin are but there's an awful lot of work to be done too you know we, we won't really have a fair idea of where they are until you know later in the spring but at the minute you know you take the win from last Saturday night you take a good performance next Sunday and you'd imagine that the result should take care of itself. But as you said, there will be far tougher challenges ahead. And our thanks as ever to Ronan for joining us. Now, just before we head out to the break, earlier on today, GA Director General Tom Ryan published his first annual report since he's taken up his position. Uh, He's a Carlo native of Fogs Clubman here in Dublin. And I asked him how the association decides which grounds it will use to host its games. Is there a balance between choosing a venue and obviously needing money to run the organisation? There's a balance between choosing a venue and needing funds to run the organisation, but there's also a balance between just the, the sheer amount of people that actually want to get to a game. Um, n- uh, not every game is, 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 is broadcast on television, um, and even those that are, there's a huge demand among people in Dublin first and foremost but to, to, to go and see those games. So we, we have a responsibility to put on matches at a time and at venues that suit uh, spectators and suit patrons and uh, that's what we set out to do with the the calendar of fixtures and the programme of games every year and we'll be trying to do the same next year. 
And in terms of the situation with Kildare in the summer, no. um, is there a sense that you know social media took that thing over? Is there a case of, as you've kind of been discussing yeah. here, making it more solid so that it's more difficult for something like that to happen where a fixture is fixed for Crow Park on a Monday and by Wednesday it's changed to, to Conlitz Park? Um, I don't know if making it more solid so it can't be fixed is the right way to go. It's probably a question of more finding a, a, a middle ground because you know if it's if it's the right thing that a game should be held somewhere, um, then clearly um, that's that's where it should go. But deciding upon it, uh, um, it, it shouldn't just and doesn't necessarily have to be the preserve of of. Uh, of, of ourselves here and we should take cognizance of the county themselves we should take cognizance of the spectators we should take cognizance of the the, the characteristics of the venue and we do all of those things uh, but it just happened uh, that particular little incident there last year maybe we we, we we calibrated it slightly incorrectly but we fixed it within a couple of days and I think that just illustrates that you know we are open to, to looking at things and we are open to changing things when we need to change them um, and that, that will still be the case uh, you said in 2019, it's a, I just want to get the quote right, ideal juncture to question ourselves on our rules, uh, notwithstanding how well mm. Carlo are doing at the moment. Are you still enjoying watching Gaelic football? Oh, God, yeah. Like I, I, I said that as well, that you know, we had a fantastic summer of Gaelic football last year, and Gaelic football is still a great game. And I don't, I'm not too comfortable with the idea of it being run down by everybody. It's still a fantastic game. And uh, that doesn't mean that you don't look at little bits of it that you might want to change or improve. And you know, we all have our opinions about things that m- might go into the mix to make make football and indeed hurling better. Um, so the the job is to make sure that you're you're uh, looking at those things all the time, not just doing them in response to a, a perceived crisis. And that's not what we're doing this time either, or what we did over the last couple of months. It was just really looking at how we might make football. Uh, uh, a slightly better game to play, a slightly better game to watch. And I'm, I'm kind of encouraged that four out of the five of the proposals that were mooted are going to be experimented uh, in, in the forthcoming Football League. And we'll see what that brings. Just very finally, in terms of this Saturday evening, we've got uh, one of, I think it's 13 double headers that are taking place between various counties and various divisions across the National League series. So how important was it for the GA to get behind that and the 2020 campaign? Oh, it's very, very important. Um, it, 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 uh, it provides an opportunity for... Uh, uh, spectators that would be going to, to uh, uh, men's Gaelic football games uh, to see the, the, the ladies game uh, firsthand and uh, uh, having seen plenty of those games myself over, uh, over, over recent years and having seen the culmination of the finals, the championship finals here in Crow Park in recent years, uh, they'll provide a great spectacle and I think it will certainly boost the profile of, of ladies football and uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's only right and proper that those games be played at the same venues. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. And welcome back to GAA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. Now, before the break, we heard from the Director General of the GAA, Tom Ryan, and he was talking about their support for the LGFA coming and playing double headers uh, with the association. Of course, uh, this weekend, Dublin are taking on Donegal at Crow Park. Uh, this week, Lidl confirmed they're investing a further €250,000 into a nationwide schools campaign. This is post-primary schools. They've also confirmed that they're going to be broadcasting live games over Facebook. So... Uh, it's going to be a game from each round that's going to be broadcast on the LGFA's Facebook page. And uh, it sounds like a cool initiative, something definitely worth checking out. At this lunch, I spoke with six-time ladies all-star footballer and Dublin halfback Sinead Goldrick. The last time I spoke to you at one of these events was two years ago. And I remember you saying at that time you'd come out of the club final defeat and you were really considering whether you wanted to pack the whole thing in. Obviously, unfortunately, disappointment again before Christmas. So how has the reaction been to the defeat this time around? 
Um, yeah, obviously really disappointed. You know, as a team, we felt that, you know, we didn't perform on the day. Moore and Abbey were 100% the better team, deserved the win. But, um, you know, whenever you lose an All-Ireland final, it's going to be something that's really disappointing. Um, I suppose I'm looking at it this year, you know, it's a blank canvas in terms of, you know, trying to do well in county and well in clubs so um, just trying to get the body right and you know focus on there's 14 new players in the Dublin setup um, so you know you don't have too much time to kind of dwell um, on it you know the, our next game is Donegal uh, on Sunday so I think that's kind of you know just trying to get back fit as possible and trying to get a position on Dublin and you know hopefully with our club can do well again this year in Dublin. So there was never a sense this time that you might take a break or anything like that? No I think it's different I suppose maybe um, I, yeah, I've been there for a long time and you know it's um I think you know it's a huge honor to play and you know there is it was a different feeling this year um 100% wanted to come back so I'm not too sure what the difference was but um you know really looking forward to the league starting and everything kind of getting going again. And what about the the, the back to back all Ireland's because obviously you joined the panel in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> so it was you know there'd obviously been disappointments there trying to put back to back was massive but you've managed to do it. Yeah, you know, that was huge and I suppose that heartbreak of all those years, you know, really keeps you ticking and if you taste success, you know, you want, you really want that to be, you know, for the team and stuff like that for us to try and do best. But, you know, again, we're back to league, we're playing Donegal, it's winter football, you know, we're trying to get fit as possible and trying to make sure that, you know, we're playing on top of our game and I think, you know, you can't really think about the two in a row or anything like that. As I said, there's 14 new girls in the setup this year, so it is, as everyone and as every player says, it's just, you know, a new start for us. You came out of the club final with a slight injury, were you, was it? Was, is everything okay in that regard? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to get the body right. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I won't be around for the start of it for a while, just trying to get a leg sorted and stuff like that. But, um, you know, again, it's you just want to get your body right to make sure that you're trying to get the best as best as you can. Sure, sure. Speaking a little bit about Mick, because obviously there was some talk about him going to Roscommon and, and various different things, you know, switching codes, going to the men's game. How much have you enjoyed working with him since he's come into the Dublin setup? Mick's brilliant, and I'm not too sure, you know, those rumours are going around, but, you know, he's a Dublin man, true and true. Um, our management, our whole management team are absolutely brilliant, you know, um, every single one of them has a role. Um, huge respect for what Mick has done, you know, he's really stepped up Dublin and improved us as players and is always kind of pushing us to be the best that we can. Um, and again, you know it's the third year that the setup has been there so we have to look at those extra inches on how we can be you know perform better as a team and how players can kind of step up and improve themselves as players too. And how has he sort of differed you know you've obviously played under a few managers with Dublin what did he bring that was different what was the edge that he's been able to bring I suppose? Um, you know, I think you know Ken Robinson in terms of strength and condition is is vital. Um, Mick really focuses on skill set and in terms of us, you know, in in terms of game management and how you know that we can do best that we can and just improve our skills and kind of play to the best of our ability and play with no shackles off, like with the shackles off. So I think that's one thing he's kind of instilled confidence in everyone and you know he wants you know hammer the hammer, you know hammer the nail or whatever it is. So I think that's one thing in terms of the skill set to you know kick on right and left foot. That's an expectation on the team. Um, and kind of to be the best footballers that we can. Um, we're representing Dublin and, you know, whoever gets a chance to be on the team, you know, we're, I suppose we want to make sure that we're trying to be the best footballers that we can. You mentioned Ken Robinson there. I saw an interview from just before the All-Ireland last year and he was talking about positivity in the camp. And he said, <clears throat> whether it's December or January and the team is starting up again, you're always coming in with a smile on your face. He named you particularly. So this time of the year, is it a time of the year you enjoy or is it just a case of, as you say, recovering from injury, trying to get a bit of fitness in? 
into the legs and really sort of having May or June as a target in your head? Yeah, I think, I think you know, I suppose there's so many different people sometimes come in in training and stuff like that are in good moods or bad moods. <laughs> um, but there, as I said, there's 14 new players, so um, there's a really good kind of buzz in terms of, you know, getting to know people. And I think that especially the gym is a good time, I suppose, that people get a chance to chat to people and everything like that, you know, when you're in training. So um, the atmosphere is great and we're looking forward to Donegal, you know, Croker. Um, so, you know, it's like, there's a lot of good things to look forward to. Yeah, and speak to me a little about the Donegal game because I know I appreciate it won't be involved, but the 2020 campaign, it's, it's gotten so big over the winter period. What do you know about it and are you behind it? Yeah, you know, 20 for 20, you know, it's trying to increase um, attendance, participation and uh, media coverage by 2020 by 20%. So I think it's brilliant. Um, you know, it's kind of opened up a conversation in terms of that kind of rock the media world. It got a lot of a coverage um, in terms of, you know, wanting to see role models in terms of all women's sports all over. So I think that ladies Gaelic football are doing really well in terms of the role models and uh, the promotion, especially with Lidl. You know, they've invested 3.5 million since 2016 which is massive I think today they're launching a quarter of a million into secondary skills because um, it's at the age of 14 that one in two people drop off team sports so like if they're targeting secondary skills that's more players that are going to continue to play football so I really think um, it's a really good campaign and especially with the likes of a lot of ambassadors I mean um, sponsors getting involved is good to kind of promote it uh, I know when I was growing up um, you want to see you know there wasn't many female role models I suppose so now you can see it kind of in different sports that there's role models stepping up and are being promoted and I think it's brilliant. And can you see, like when you went to school, say, after an All-Ireland victory, can you see an increase in people who recognise you, more girls who want to play? Like I remember when I was playing football when I was younger, you'd have maybe two or three girls in a panel or whatever it might be, up to nine or ten, and then that would be it. But now you see girls' panels at that age. So there's an increase in numbers. Yeah, no, it's brilliant, I think, because I... Um, I like for Fox Rock Cabinteely, I played for Cabinteely, there was only maybe a few girls when I was in primary school playing and now, you know, um, we all kind of do the schools run around our area and you walk in and there's so many girls from Fox Rock Cabinteely, from Crokes and like they all play football so really I know I can kind of really see it definitely in primary schools and it's brilliant um, and I think it's especially important for young girls to see female role models to come in with the cup and stuff like that um, so yeah it is great I've seen a massive difference. In terms of the league itself, obviously with Leinster maybe dwindling somewhat during your career you know there's only one game now unfortunately how much more important is the league than it would have been maybe five years ago yeah like that's really important because at the moment now you're up against the top teams um, and if you only have one game in Leinster and you're like if you're successful or if you lose that you're going into a quarter final or else you're going into a knockout so um, yeah like the league is really important I think it's a great opportunity for um, you know for the team to, for people to get a spot on the team and stuff like that so um, yeah it's it's going to see how things unfold throughout the year, but um, it's really good, I suppose, for playing Donegal first. And then um, our next one is Tipperary, and Tipperary are intermediate actually this year because they got knocked out for senior. But like in terms of the skill set and the players that they have, they're excellent. Like Ashton Maloney is probably one of the most skillful players in the game at the moment. Um, and you know, we're really looking forward to, to that game also. I'm sorry, do you have a target for your return? Um, I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, the sooner we see Sinead back in blue, the better. Now, as you can hear, it was a very busy hall in Crow Park there earlier on this week with uh, players from counties all over the country. And one of the players I caught up with was last year's Donegal captain, Karen Guthrie. A massive occasion on Saturday evening, a uh, doubleheader in Crow Park and taking on the Ireland champion. So it's uh, a nice baptism of fire in the league. Absolutely. Um, really, it's, it's going to be magic. It'll be lovely. Um, we have a lot of new girls in the team this year. Um, so to, to start their inter-county career in Crow Park is, is pretty special. And 
we're really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, what is your view of the double headers as a concept? Like, are you in favour of them? I see loads of different counties getting involved in them this year. Yeah, the, the, the LGFA have, have put a huge push on this year, and I think it's brilliant. Um, or, I suppose you have to have a good relationship with your men's board to, to try and kind of be open enough to allow that to happen. And thankfully, we, we've been we've been fortunate enough, and on the whole, it seems like they have been. And I think that's good. I think the, the, it's nicer to have a, a closer working relationship between the men's and the ladies' boards, which we haven't had for a long time. So I think all that's going to it's going to help with the, the promotion of the game, the ladies' game on the whole. Sure, and, and you talked to me as well. I know, appreciate you obviously weren't involved um, in the All Ireland final last year, but to be involved in a sport where you can get fifty plus thousand at a national final, like if you look at the women's FAI Cup final or even the men's FAI Cup final or you know rugby school finals, whatever it might be, they're not getting anywhere near that. So that. Although you obviously want to be in the finals, it must be hugely exciting to be around it. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge even, you know, when you're watching it. Like, we attended the, the 2017 um, All-Ireland final, and the buzz was just crazy, you know. Um, there's nothing like it, and, and for that to be a ladies' game, to be was the one of the highest attended in, in, in Europe or whatever, is just is absolutely huge, and it's a, it's a testament to the work that's been going on behind the scenes, you know. Um, it's probably a huge draw that there was, there was two new teams in, in 2017, and that's kind of, with Dublin being involved, it, it, it's kind of pushed it on a wee bit, and listen, we're all benefiting on the back of it, so it's brilliant. Speaking a little bit about the National League then, how much importance do you place on it uh, as a competition versus the Ulster Championship and the All-Ireland Series? Uh, yeah, it's, it, I suppose it's the start of your year and uh, you don't... I suppose you don't bench a lot on, on, on the league, to be fair, you know. Um, so there's Admittedly, some years we would have been going out gung-ho and would have felt that we would have been able to do a wee bit of damage in the league, but um, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's certain times just that you'd be happy enough to stay safe too as well and, and try and build for the championship. Years, we probably would have peaked too early um, and, and admittedly put too much effort and time into the league and uh, by the time championship came around, you were just too leggy and, and you didn't have it probably to kind of finish out the year the, the way you need to. Listen, it's all about championship. Nobody ever really pays too much attention to who wins the league or how well you do or where you pace in the league. As long as you're still in that league for the year after, we'll be happy enough to. I'll have to ask you that question now before the league final, maybe. <laughs> um, but I suppose an occasion like Saturday, the fact that you are taking on the All Ireland champions, even though it is the league, it's, it's only early February. Still a game you'd want to target and, and get a win and give you a bounce. Absolutely, and the one thing I suppose you, you want to give a good account to yourself. You know, I suppose when there's when what's up there on the, on a big stage, you want to be able to give a good. Um, I suppose a good impression of ladies football on that stage and that's really important so a performance for us would be and we, we want to give them a, a good game and try and be competitive and, and that'll be really important for us first and foremost to just be competitive and, and to try and give them a, a good game and listen if we if, if you won you'd be delighted but uh, we uh, yeah first and foremost we're looking to be competitive at least sure. in it, yeah and that's Donegal's Karen Guthrie. Now remember that game is taking place on Saturday evening. It throws in at 5 o'clock and afterwards the men are taking on Galway. That one throwing in at 7 o'clock. Tickets are a little bit cheaper if you buy in advance. Go to dublinga.tickets.ie where you can pick up the tickets now and until Friday midnight uh, uh, for €15. Euro. If you're listening to this podcast on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, I'm afraid you are going to be paying €20 Euro on the door. There's no reduction if you're buying your tickets on the day. Yeah, as I say, if you're listening to us live or if you're listening to the podcast on Thursday or Friday, you've absolutely no excuse uh, to save a little bit of money. DublinGA.tickets.ie Now, in advance of the start of the Little Ladies Football National League, earlier on this week, Suzanne caught up with We Are Dublin's Nigel McCarthy. How would you think they're preparing at this stage? Um, I'd say they're they're preparing very hard at this stage because I, I'd say they have to do a little bit of catching up on, on uh, some of the other teams, including their opponents on Sunday. Um, they they would have been pretty late back to training. Uh, they had their team holiday there, um, just there, just after the, the new year, just around the new year time. Um, so you know they'd be a bit behind as far as 
probably um, you know the hard yards and training uh, yeah. as the other teams have probably been back a few weeks before them but um, yeah I'm sure they looked at diligently and, and hard hard working away and uh, preparing for Saturday's game Brilliant and what do you think what are they expecting coming up against Johnny Goal? Um, they, I'd say they'll be expecting uh, the usual tough tight match that they normally have with Johnny Goal mm. um, the, you know it's uh, they're, not, they're normally very tight games there's normally only a, a, you know Maybe a couple of points in it either way. Uh, Donegal, you know, they're, they're tough opponents. They yeah. have some really good forwards. Um, they, you know, they play well up to last year. Or whether they've changed their system this year or not, I don't know. If I see them on Saturday, but uh, they play quite a defensive system. So um, you know, it, yeah, getting scores against them is, is never easy. But um, look, it's it's it, they've played them uh, for the last number of years. They know exactly what to expect. Um, it, they, they'll. You know they'll know they'll know to expect you know a, a tight game. They'll know to expect a tough game. They'll know that Donegal possibly might be a couple of weeks ahead of them as far as training is concerned. Yeah. So you know they'll they, they'll be they'll be they'll be in for they'll be in for a tough night. I'd say. Um, you yeah. know it, it, it will it will depend on how serious Donegal take the league. Okay. Um, and and stuff like that. You know, but uh, I, I wouldn't be expecting anything. Uh, other than uh, what we got at the start of the National League last year when mm. both sides met in the first round as well. And, um, you know, Donegal had the upper hand for a bit of that game and then uh, Dublin came back into it and, and won it by, I think it was five points in the end. But, um, yeah, it was in really bad conditions up there. And I think it was Leather Kenny last year. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was typical uh, January football. Uh, players still trying to find their, their touch and, and you know, uh, Get get some football into their legs after the Christmas break. Yeah, and how how serious do you think Dublin will be taking the league this year? Will it be the same as last year? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, I think it's more imperative now for them to to really take the league seriously. Uh, not that they that they weren't doing that before, yeah. but uh, they really have to now because of uh, the way the Leinster Championship uh, is structured at the moment. There's actually only two senior sides. Uh, in Leinster, so you know Dublin will play Westmead in the Leinster final. There's no, there's no games beforehand, and you know the later they go in in the league, uh, it's it best for them because otherwise they're going to have a, a, a big, a big gap between, you know, the, the league finishing and the Leinster Championship uh, final. Like I think last year they, they, you know, even though they got to the final and won the final, they still had a seven week gap between the league final and the Leinster final. I think if they don't even make the semi-finals they could be looking at three months without competitive football so um, yes they'll be taking that series as they always do and look they won their maiden title last year I'm sure uh, they'd you know they'd like to show that wasn't a one-off and actually defend the title this year as well Yeah and what um, who do you think we should be watching this year? Um, the, again there'll be some players uh, who'll probably come out uh, from I won't say uh, out of the woodwork but there'll be players that maybe um, were not on the radar last year um, there'll also be a couple of the minors who will be brought up. You know, I, I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago. Quiva uh, O'Connor from uh, Clontarf will be certainly one to watch. Um, you'll be looking at Siobhan Colleen, who, who starred in, in, in the uh, Inter All-Ireland Final and got five goals. And you'll be expecting to see her get some game time mm-hmm. at the start and, and hopefully transform her, uh, you know, transfer her club form into the Inter-County. Um, Jennifer Dunn would be another one I, I, I'd be, be looking at seriously this year. Um, she came on, I think, in every single game last year for the, you know, in the second half. Um, again, just out of minor, but um, she looks like she's going to be a, a serious talent as well for the, for, uh, for many years to come. 
Um, and, you know, look, there'll be one or two others that were on the fringe. You would expect to get game time early in the year to see if they can, you know, uh, put their hand up for a jersey, you know, for, for, for the latter part of the league and, and into the championship. So, uh, look, I think the, the opening rounds of the league are a little bit, uh, I hate using the phrase, but I heard it the other day as well, a bit of shadow boxing from all of the managers as they, they, they sort of look at the, the players they have available to them, some new players that may have come into uh, decide to give them, you know, the, the opportunity to play senior level and see and, and look, see if they're up to, up to, up to the task, basically, you know. So, uh, looking at results and stuff like that for the first couple of rounds, I think will be. Uh, I, I don't think I'm not saying managers won't take it seriously, but they they'll have other agendas in the sense of trying to actually look at, at new players and also, you know, prepare the team for for the championship, um, which is, you know, the the ultimate aim for all of it, you know. But as I say, Dublin will take the, the league seriously. They'll want to defend that title. and um, They set the standards last year, uh, both the league and the championship. Um, it's up to everybody else now to catch up to, to those standards, but it's also up to Dublin now to push those standards a little further again yeah. and uh, keep them out of, out ahead of the chasing pack and it's a, it's a big chasing pack. <laughs> and do you think that the, the game is in Dublin and it's out in Croke Park? First game here in Dublin, will it have any effect on the on the team or the outcome? Um, no. Um, I know Donegal haven't played in Croke Park uh, I think it's since 2010, so it's nine years since they, they, they actually played in Croke Park, so it'll be a new it, it, it'll be a, a new venture for them mm. um, in taking in, you know, all that entails playing in Crow Park, you know, besides, besides, you know, the stadium that it is, but, you know, there, there'll be a different atmosphere than, than they're, they're used to as well. Um, they'll have a lot of young new players coming through that'll be having a look at as well. So it's about how they cope with the occasion and that. Uh, Dublin themselves have been playing there regularly, you know, in finals for the last um a number of years, and they've also had they had they had a double header. Uh, they were part of double headers last year, the year before. So you know they, they'll be more familiar with it. But again, Dublin will have some new players who maybe didn't play last year and, and haven't experienced playing out in that pitch and you know playing in that cauldron. So yeah, I think it'll probably come down to the team that you know is able to get through that the best. Yeah, I think I think that's what what may may determine. The, you know the result of the game in the end. You know, uh, that you know there is a lot entailed with it that you know people wouldn't see. You know that players who are not used to that sort of environment will have to get used to pretty quickly. You know, yeah. and um, look, uh, the other thing as well is that pitch is so big, uh, it, it can end up uh, uh, catching some players out uh, as to how wide and how long the pitch is because you know a lot of the pitches to be played on would be a lot narrower and shorter. So um, you know that will have a factor as well. And of course, I think it will also come down to how much training, um, heavy training Dublin have done over the last uh, probably two weeks and uh, what sort of effect that will have on them, particularly in the latter part of the game. Brilliant. Nigel, we'll just have to wait and see what happens this weekend. And our thanks as ever to Nigel McCarthy of We Are Dublin. Now very finally we're going to go to the Secretary of Dublin Camogie, Brendan Cooper. He's looking back on the first game in the Littlewoods Ireland National Camogie League. Dublin took on beaten All-Ireland finalist Kilkenny last weekend. The, the first half was definitely a lot better for with Dublin than the second. Yeah, it's, I mean basically obviously the first match you have on the manager so I'm kind of a, a newish team or whatever. So there was, a, there was a lot, I won't say there's a lot of stake but it was a, no one quite knew what to expect. First half, first 30 minutes against Kilkenny, could not have asked for better. Mm. The girls were playing up to a, to a very high tempo, very competitive. Um, uh, they deserved the lead 6-5 at, at half time. 
Um, we've missed two, maybe three uh, scoreable frees um, at one stage during the first half. So, you know, looking at it realistically, if we were leading eight five at half time, it you know it, it wouldn't have you know it would have been a fair reflection on the, the thirty minutes play. So we came back out the second half and said a little bit more of the same, and, and it was was kind of the origin of the day. But the things didn't quite go our way in the yeah. second half. Now, for whatever reason, and it's hard to put one's finger on as to why it didn't go that way because having been so dominant in the first half, and and I use the word dominant because that's what that's exactly what we were. We were dominant. But obviously, whatever was said in the Kilkenny dressing room at halftime, I think maybe Anne Downey might have had a few choice words to say to her charges at that stage. But certainly, Kilkenny came out in the second half uh, a, a different team. They 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 really tore into Dublin now. Uh, you know, at the start yeah. of the second half, and they deserved to get a few scores. Uh, they got a few points up up at that stage. Then came the goal. Goal was more of a, a giveaway on, on our part that then kind of a. Anything else? It was one of those high balls in that was just battled out to the incoming forward. They could hardly miss the the, the the opportunity more so than anything else. So, you know, one fifteen to six points on the pure face that says it, it was a good beating. Uh, kind of game yeah. Dublin. Looking at match, you know, you know, on the day, yeah, it, it was a match of two halves, Suzanne. Yes, there's no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. I think Frank will be very very pleased with the first half and slightly disappointed with the second half. So, I think from Frank's point of view. We, he needs to be looking at now, OK, what do we do well in the first half that we didn't do in the second half? Because obviously something happened between you know the f- first 30 minutes and the second 30 minutes. There couldn't have been such a bunch of a turnaround unless we dropped our kind of our, our guard in certain areas. Yeah. And I'm quite sure when he looks at the video with the girls, he would have uh, kind of, you know, itemised areas of play which yeah. we need to improve in, or at least to cut out the errors from, from that point of view. You know, I mean, I suppose if, if you're kind of grading this from one to ten, we'd probably get a six, six and a half, maybe Suzanne uh, for for our performance. Yeah. Um, but we need to be getting up to you know eight, eight and a half to be, you know, to be absolutely sure of, of winning matches now at that stage. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but, but frankly, it's very pragmatic, and you know, he takes the, the good with the bad. And I'm quite sure he'll he'll be concentrating on how to ratify the the performance yeah. of the, the second thirty minutes as opposed to the first thirty minutes. Well. The first 30 minutes of the game, you can see that the the girls are able to stand up for 30 minutes and and defeat a Kilkenny team. And it's just, could it be, as you mentioned, I think even to me last week, it's a young team, it's a new team. Could it have been just lethargic getting to them in the second half of the game? Yeah, I think that, that, that's a, a fair synopsis of, of, of the, uh, the play there last weekend, Suzanne. I think it's, you know, it, it, absolutely a very, very young team. I think... Um, Probably the average age is probably about 22, 23 yeah. or thereabouts, which in, in you know commodity terms is young enough at that stage. Mm. So they, you know they'll learn a lot from from this match. This is their first competitive match yeah. as a unit now at this stage, and I'm quite sure they they'll take the you know they, they'll take it on the chin. Okay, yeah, we absolutely won the first half, and and convincingly mm. won the first half, even though the score would say we're only one point up at half time, but we absolutely dominated. In the first half, probably dropped a guard. I'm not sure whether we thought, well, okay, you know, more of the same in the second half, but obviously, Kilkenny up their game a little bit more in the second half, and that's why that's when Dublin needs to be at to up their game by another five percent or ten percent, whatever it takes to match that of, of their opposition. It didn't quite happen that way on on, uh, on Saturday, but I'm quite sure Frank will, will, will 
you know, we'll take a realistic view of this one and say, okay, a lot done, but a lot more to do to, yeah. to come up to the, to the kind of corks and the, the galways of, of, of this world. But, uh, you know, I suppose it was a pleasing performance, if not a satisfactory performance. And how was everyone feeling after the game? Yeah, I mean, it was hard to say because, I mean, certainly from, from our point of view, the first half of what was was exceptionally good. We did everything right. We we took the ball. We took the game to Kilkenny. We had open free play. You know, we, we interchanged. Um, and the second half, it's as if you know, someone threw away the the, the script at, at half time. It's just everything that they did in the first in the first half, they did the opposite in the second yeah, half. Yeah. And I think the, the guys were just a little bit bemused, for want of a better word, as to how it could be such a changeover in the space of ten minutes from the start of the. You know, the end of the first half to start of the second half when well, there's such a change. Not quite sure. It's just one of those things which is not quantifiable. Yeah. Uh, but certainly it's it's food for thought now for going forward. Of that, there's no doubt whatsoever because uh, performances like that in the second half will not be good enough to see us into the latter stages of the of the league. Yeah. Whereas the first half performance would certainly see us in there with a shout. So a little bit of a quandary there, but I'm quite sure Frank will get to the ball with the and what, looking forward now, awfully on Sunday, not much time to kind of, will, not even looking at the skills or what he'll be training with, how will he bring them up there? I, I, I don't know, the, the morale of the team. Well, I mean, it's very simple, Suzanne. I mean, OK, we'll get played and, and no points. But if we're looking at it awfully now next Sunday, they've actually played two games in the tournament now so far. And they are pointless as well. They lost their first match to Clare and the second to Limerick or the other way around. I can't remember which it was. But certainly they're, they're not from two games. So I think Frank will be saying, listen, you know, this is a, a must-win match for, for Dublin to get our, our season back on, on track. We can't afford to give uh, Offaly two points um, on on Sunday. Um, and if we get two points against them and our next match again is Limerick, if I'm not mistaken, in a fortnight's time. So these next two weekends are crucial for Dublin Camogie because... You know, we're, we're coming up against teams who, in theory, we should be beating. Um, you know, the Kilkenny of this world are a slightly different uh, scenario, whereas Kilkenny are obviously maybe just one step ahead of, of all the other counties. But certainly, from our perspective, a win against Offaly uh, on Sunday and hopefully a follow-up win against Limerick the following Sunday uh, would see us back in, you know, in with a, with a big shout of, of making the semi-final stage of the league. Dublin against Offaly in Division 1 of the Littlewoods National Camogie League it takes place this Sunday at 2 o'clock and it's on in the Parnells GA ground. Our thanks as ever to Brendan Cooper for joining us on the show. Now that's pretty much all we have time for on GA Sports Desk this evening. A very final reminder if you listen to us live at the moment or if you're listening to it tomorrow or Friday on the podcast you can get tickets to Dublin against Galway and Dublin against Donegal. That's in the Men's and Ladies National Football Leagues this Saturday at Crow Park. The tickets are slightly cheaper if you're buying them this evening tomorrow or Friday. They'll cost you 50 euro at dublinga.tickets.ie if you're buying them on Saturday if you're just buying them at the gate they're going to cost you 20 euro so yeah you have been warned I suppose but on behalf of the GA Sports Desk team Suzanne Parker Katie Scanlon on sound and myself Peter Brannigan have a great weekend and we'll join you again next Wednesday evening GAA Sports Desk brought to you by the Herald every side of Dublin